What's going on? It's Pam here, and I'm back in the studio. <laughs> I'm finally back recording, and I'm so excited. It is October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so today I have a very special friend and guest on to talk about her journey with her BCRA BRCA1 uh, diagnosis and her double mastectomy and her medical menopause and all of the things the girly stuff and the prevention and the lifestyle and things that she's gone through. She's not a physician, but she's here to tell her real life story and the journey that she's gone through. So I hope that you enjoy the episode. If you like it or you can relate or somebody you know could like it as well, go ahead and share it, like it, comment, all the things. Enjoy the episode. All right, we're recording. What is up, everybody? It is Pam here, and I have my special friend with me. She's probably over on this side uh, if you guys are watching the YouTube. Uh, this is my friend, Andrea Williams. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so today, uh, it is October right now, October 2023, reporting this, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I haven't done a podcast in a couple of months for a number of reasons. I told her before we got on, that's kind of irrelevant, but I really, really wanted to get on and talk with Andrea a long time ago. Um, but I thought October would be the perfect month to talk about um, some of the things that she's very passionate about. So again, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I think that every single one of us have been affected by cancer, specifically breast cancer, I think, um, whether it's a friend, a family member, or yourself. Um, and I think that right now, I really want to talk about Andrea's story. She has a kind of a unique story when it comes to her passion behind breast cancer awareness and her own journey. And also, um, I think that it's not as unique as some of us think. Uh, so I would love to kind of leave this floor to Andrea. Um, I do want to mention that Andrea and I have been grade school friends. <laughs> so we've been friends forever and ever. And uh, through social media, we've got to kind of watch each other's lives grow. And we've always been into health and fitness at some level, which is really, really cool. Because before we get started here to we're in our 40s. Ooh. And, <laughs> and we were like doing the fitness stuff way before it was cool. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're veterans, you know, we're like hey, OG. We are we are OG. I like yes. that. Yes. I'm on that OG. We earned that OG. <laughs> We did. And I'm so proud. So, so anyway, um, Andrea, I'm going to leave this to you and you can kind of, um, just share whatever parts of your story that you want to share. Uh, you, you know, your family history and why you're passionate about the subject. Go ahead. So, um, first of all, I want to say to all the women out there, um, I don't really feel like a warrior. I feel like the warriors are, um, like my family members who have, beaten cancer or unfortunately maybe cancer one on that end of things. Um, and also same for you, you know, I feel like the women that actually go through the cancer, um, those are the warriors, but, um, obviously I have a family situation where it, it is good to share because there's a lot of knowledge. I feel like that I can share with other women, um, and families that have the same situation. So, um, I'll start with my aunt, who was in her like later thirties, like I think she was like 36 or seven at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, she was the first one to ever get diagnosed and she got diagnosed with actually ovarian cancer, um, which we didn't think anything too huge of it. First family member. Um, and then fast forward a handful of years later. And then my aunt, my mom's other sister, um, got diagnosed with breast cancer. So we're kind of like, mm, okay, that's raising some flags, like two sisters, two kinds of cancer. 
Um, are they related? Are those are those cancers related? I don't know a lot about that. So, yeah. So there's a lot of genetic mutations that are out there, and they're still discovering more and more of um, mutations that are tied to a high risk of certain cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of something that as soon as my OB found out that I had two aunts from my mom's side who had ovarian and breast, um, he immediately was like, your mom needs to get tested. You mm-hmm. need to get tested. Yeah. Um, and How this, old were you at this time? At that time, I was probably about 30. Okay. Yeah, I was probably about 30 because it's been over. A, this is all. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is well over a decade. Actually, I was probably like 27. But anyways. Um, so he was a great OB. I, gosh, I loved him, um, for a million years. He was a big advocate, um, in regards to that. And that was kind of like a new territory. I feel like there wasn't a lot of talk about like genetic yeah. testing and, you know, cause again, this was probably 14, 15 years ago now. Um, so unfortunately I tried to get tested, even though, um, I just had two aunts who were, um, positive for cancer and insurance wouldn't cover it. It was literally going to be like 3000 out of pocket. And at the time in my twenties, I just didn't have that kind of cash. So I let it be fast yeah. forward. And then unfortunately another like handful of years go by and my mom gets diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, um, unfortunately that finally allowed where insurance would cover the cost of the genetic testing because it was my mom. Um, right. and I th- Things have come a long way. I, I want to put that out there that women don't get discouraged about your insurance because I think they've changed things a lot. And, you know, from them, when I originally first tried to get the genetic testing done 14, 15 years ago to today's date, I think now it's if even you just, ha- you don't have to have an immediate family member. It can, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone a little, you know, like it can be an aunt or something like that. Um, and your insurance may cover the cost of it. Like um, all, like you, they wanted you to get like all genetic testing or were there specific things that they were testing for? So the panels are getting bigger and bigger. Like I honestly, I almost kind of would be curious to see if I got tested now versus just um, when I got tested. So when I got tested, it was probably mm, around eight years ago now, about eight mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think they've, they're adding, again, they're adding more and more and more. Um, but unfortunately, when I did get tested, I came back positive for BRCA1. BRCA1 is known for very high risk of ovarian and breast cancer within your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, um, and that's what my mom had. That's what my aunt had. Um, and I think my other aunt did as well. I'm not sure, you know, if she ended up getting tested or not. Again, she was kind of the, the first. Of, of yeah. this. So, um, and it can be a, a, a swab, like a saliva mm-hmm. swab. It can be a, a blood. They make it really, really easy. I'm just putting all this out there because I feel yeah. like, if anyone in your family out there, if you have, it could be anything, it doesn't have to be breast or ovarian, it could be any kind of cancer. You know, one thing I'm, I call myself a hippie, but I, I do love mm-hmm. Western a sense in regards to some of this stuff. They're finding more and more of these mutations. So you can take these preventative steps and you can do things or do better things um, to try to prevent it from happening to you. Yeah. And you got tested. Um, and, and I will share that they, they wanted me to get tested for a lot of things because, you know, my sister had stage four breast cancer in her thirties and, uh, and my insurance actually won't even cover it, um, either. And that's my sister and it was early thirties. So it's still insurance is always the hang up in everything. <laughs> um, however, oh, yeah. she got tested and she wasn't positive for the gene. And there's other people in my family that wasn't positive for the gene. So I think that might've played on their decision. However, 
Mm. Um, that, you know, that's still kind of out there, but I wanted to, um, kind of say to, to ask, so before, so when you got tested, you got tested positive for that gene, um, which obviously is like, okay, what the heck, because you watched your family members go through this. You hadn't started a family yet. And that's something that was really important to you. Um, so that's, that's something I want you to talk about just a little, if you want to kind of share that part of it. So what did you do as the next steps, um, for prevention? And then also to kind of make sure that you were able to at least try to start a family. So it's very overwhelming. It's a very emotional thing to go through. Um, I will say there's some really great resources out there for anyone ever ends up getting um, tested and they come back positive for a genetic mutation. Um, they had great counselors, the genetic, they were literally called genetic counselors. Yeah. I'm a person through some major hospitals locally. You did, I had phone calls with them. So I just want to say that, that I was so grateful for them. Um, but I instantly was like, I'm getting old. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just in general, I was like, I want to make sure I can have kids just because my age, not alone, let, let alone the like mutation part of it. Yeah. So I instantly was like, I should freeze my eggs. <laughs> yeah. So That's technology. Yeah. Why not? No, mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings about it, mm-hmm. but I did it. Um, Lord was good. God was good to me. Luckily, I didn't even need to use those eggs. Um, I could have yeah. used them, but my husband has a very strong faith and he was like, let's put it in God's hands and, you know, and, and not go through any, um, yeah. if you don't have to just try. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so did that. Um, so yeah, I went through that process. Um, and I was nervous doing that because when you do do any kind of, um, fertilization type stuff, you're taking hormones. And so I was, I was like, man, I'm kind of playing with fire. I have this mute, uh, gene mutation, um, and a high cancer risk. And now I'm going to put these hormones in me. So I was a little yeah. nervous. That's why I'm 50 50 about it. I, I kind of almost think I shouldn't have even done it, but can't change, change the past. And for well, whoever, but you know, I, I agree. Like there's, it's, it, there's a purpose for it out there. And I think that, you know, wherever anybody is on their journey, whether it's starting a family and they have these risks or they're older, because age is the only non-modifiable risk factor that we have. <laughs> we can modify every other risk factor for diseases at this point, but age is the only one we can't modify. We're going to, we're going to get old. The only guarantee we're going to die. Like that's it, right? That's the only guarantee in life. Um, but I, I think it's important for, for people to say, okay, this is where I'm at today. This is what I'm doing right now with the information that I have in front of me and with my emotions at play, because like you said, that's, that's a very emotional time and decision. Um, and you know, there's so many factors that kind of go into it. So, so you're like, oh, I shouldn't have, but you know, like I said, you already did. It's fine. Um, but I think anybody in any of those situations, um, it's, you always just have to say and find comfort and forgiveness or whatever, you know, emotions are going through your heart and your mind. Like I did the best I could with the information that I had. Um, and that's with any health journey, I think too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, so you didn't have to use the eggs that you froze and the hormones were okay. So you were blessed with children. Yes. Yes. And before my babies, before I get mm-hmm. into these, um, yeah. so I wasn't married at the time either. That's another yeah. big thing that kind of like pushed me like, let me freeze my eyes. I- I'm not even married. Yeah. I'm, I was, you know, what, 30, ooh, I don't know, 33 something at the time, 34 at the time. And um, so, but the next thing I knew it was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, 
I don't want to get cancer. Like they kept telling me they're like my aunt because the genetic counselors, my um, gynecological oncologist, um, the breast specialist, all these doctors I was seeing. I was like a walking doctor's appointment for a while. Um, and my and by the way, at the same time, my mom was fighting her ovarian cancer, so it was extremely stressful, emotional. Froze my eggs and then cared for my mom. And when my mom passed away, I was like, luckily I was kind of doing all the the research and meeting with all these doctors and trying to weigh what decision I should make. So not too long after she had passed, I literally scheduled surgery and I was like, because I had had a personal scare myself and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, and let me get into that personal scare really quick. So um, I was obviously like, even though I was in my like early mid, not even mid thirties, they were like, you need to start having mammograms. You need to do all the things. So boom, my first mammogram pop, something popped. Um, mm-hmm. I did an ultrasound. Um, uh, they ended up having to do um, a biopsy. Uh, luckily, it wasn't cancerous, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do this every six months. Right. Like, one, the radiation. Yeah. Like, you know, the pros and cons. Yeah. You know, six months, every six months, getting these exams. And if they find something and then biopsies going, you know, because a biopsy, you literally, you're going under. You're not, like, you're fully getting sedated. It's not yeah. like something you're awake for. Yeah. I want to keep doing this. So I said, you know what? There's risks to that too, you know, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Exactly. And that's another thing I'm going to say a big advocate for is now I know a lot more about um, different radiation and stuff like that. And I think if you have an option to get thermiographing done versus mm-hmm. uh, mammograms, mm-hmm. I think people, women should look into that. I really think that yeah. look into that if we're not uh, maybe a healthier alternative. Yeah. Especially if you're getting them more often, like you said, that might be an option yeah. for somebody to look at. Mm-hmm. So luckily I'd had all these doctors I'd met with and I found a couple good ones and I was like, let's get on the books and let's get these gone. And I was like, so you had a double mastectomy. Correct. Yep. yep. With reconstruction. Mm-hmm. I sure yep. did. And, um, and I think, I think I just remember a little bit talking with you and, and kind of just through a little bit of your emotions and kind of wondering, like, I don't know what I should do. This is, I mean, that's a hard decision. Um, it's, it's a hard decision any way. I think because I would say I was a little bit more than, um, and you were to even a self-proclaimed kind of crunchy like um, person and really trying to just, you know, not outs any Western medicine at all because it clearly saves lives. And I, you know, I work in the health field as well. And there's, there's things that are, we're so grateful for, you know, my sister wouldn't be alive if there wasn't Western medicine, but at the same time, you try to do everything in your power as best you can with the information that you have to do things as natural as possible. Um, but you were, you were not ignorant to the fact that, you know, this can happen to anybody. And I think that, uh, you know, just kind of just knowing just a little bit, the conversations like we had of understanding your emotions. That was a really big decision. And I just kind of wanted to throw that out there for anybody that watches this. I, I kind of have 50, 50. I have some people that are really, you know, um, could care less of anything's natural. Um, and then I have a lot of, uh, uh, friends and listeners and clients that really try to be kind of like that too, and really stay on the natural side And there. Maybe they think that implants aren't the, the best thing for you. Um, and there's pros and cons to that too. Um, but I wanted to kind of throw that out there, how your personality was and how hard that decision was for you. 
Um, so it wasn't like you were just like, oh yeah, this is easy. Just do whatever. You're generally stressing out about every aspect. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. It was honestly probably like some of the darkest time of my life. Like not only like losing my mom, but then I was like, what do I do with this information? But, and I honestly, you know, I hate that my cousin had to go through this, but, um, I kind of always a little bit question, like, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Like sure. I work out, I take care of myself. I do, you know, I do so much, like maybe that BRCA gene won't win, you know? And like, and I yearned to be a mom and I yearned, I wanted to breastfeed my children so desperately. Yeah. But I had to weigh the pros and cons and it was like, do I breastfeed my children and the rest the chance of getting cancer or, you know, so, um, I still even questioned, um, even up until about two years ago that did I do the right thing by having the bilateral mastectomy? Um, and what really kind of put the nail in the coffin or whatever that I did the right thing was my cousin was 30 years old, my mom's sister's daughter. So again, all on my maternal side, my mm -hmm. poor cousin who lost her mom of ovarian cancer, the one that I spoke of, that was the first family member to ever get cancer. She yeah. got a or, you know, mid late thirties passed at like 39 of ovarian, her daughter, 30 breast cancer. Oh. She went through chemo, bilateral radiation, had a little one that was not even two at the time. Wow. Um, and I was just like, Oh my God. Like it gives me goosebumps right now. Like yeah. same, um, same. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like that could have been me. Like yeah. I would have chose to have my babies. And I now knowing being a mom, knowing what crazy things, pregnancy and postpartum and everything can do to your hormones. I'm like, holy crap. Like I literally have goosebumps so badly because I'm like, I totally want so right. the right thing because yeah. I think there would have been a really good chance of me having one, one kid, maybe, maybe two kids that it would have triggered something in my genetics and maybe had ovarian or, or breast cancer rear its ugly head. Yeah. At least if not now, even like you said, down the road, it could have pushed that through. And I'm a big one to say like, um, genetics load the gun lifestyle pulls the trigger, but there's always more to that. Um, you know, where, like I said, I don't stand on the total natural health train hill all the time because you, you literally can die on that hill. And, uh, and, and that's a decision that some people decide that's better for them, whatever they're, you know, whatever, again, you have to play emotions in it too. Um, but I, I just feel, I just feel like people need to understand that genetics can play a bigger role than, than people think sometimes, because that's why I wanted to kind of bring up how your lifestyle was. It wasn't hard. It wasn't heavy. Uh, you know, we've all had our fun when we were younger, but you take care of yourself and you always have taken care of yourself for the most part. Um, you know, you've always been into exercise, um, you know, paying attention to what goes in your body. You, you know, you've, on a competition, you know, all that stuff, not that that's extremely healthy, but at the same rate, like you have always been into this and it's, and you know, you pay attention to what's in your home and, you know, you're conscious of, you know, the stress level and all the things you're supposed to do. Yes. But that genetic, for whatever reason, gene for you is so strong. And, and again, it's, it's unique in our small circle, but is it really? Because I'm sure there's a lot of other women that are going through exactly what you're, what you're going through or kind of potentially kind of could. 
Yeah. I connected with a lot of wonderful women. There are thousands and thousands of women who have BRCA1 or BRCA2, mm -hmm. these other various mutations um, yeah. out nationwide, worldwide. There's a lot of great face. And I'm just mentioning this for any women who maybe are listening to this and need resources. There's some wonderful Facebook page groups. There's some wonderful programs through some of the local hospitals that have like a cancer genetic program. Um, mm -hmm. I was really grateful to connect with some great uh, like women that went through the same thing who were kind of, you know, I was able to lean on and I, I don't think I would have been probably as positive and gotten through everything as if, if I wouldn't have had some of those women to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted you to kind of get on and talk about this too. I'm um, just kind of bring awareness. So, so I guess we all know like kind of your lifestyle and it's very similar to mine and a lot of people that will even be interested in listening to this, um, this YouTube and podcast, um, they'll kind of be living that lifestyle as well. Um, if not kind of interested to understand, um, but what would be some things that you've learned along the way, um, that could help somebody in, in a prevention standpoint, maybe like what kind of testing would you personally, you're not a doctor, obviously, um, or anything like that. And of course they want to discuss that, those things with their physicians. Uh, but as a person who's gone through this journey, um, who's lived it, the emotional side of it, uh, what would be like the first steps? And, um, I'll add one more question on this so you can just talk. Um, and what would you say when somebody says, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get those tests because I maybe either don't want to know, uh, or I'm afraid of the radiation because let's say my insurance won't do the other one or my doctor won't let me get any of the other tests. So I'll try to prevention. Yeah. Yeah. As far as prevention goes, um, I will tell you this. I had a conversation with my cousin, that cousin, the same cousin, old, same cousin, mm -hmm. 30 years old when she just went through hell and back, you know, um, like she got to ring the bell, but like she's, she's been through hell and back, you know? Um, and she's still on a bunch of like anti, you know, uh, hormone suppressants and she's in like medical menopause herself and all that. But I had a conversation with her when she was around 25 years old. And I said, Hey, mm -hmm. I said, you know, I'm positive. My mom, we have your mom, our other aunt. I'm like, you, you might really want to get tested. No, no, no. You know, I, I'm going to do it when I'm closer to 30 or like when I'm uh, considering having children. So I just want to put that out there. Um, you know, seriously, if you have any kind of family history of cancer or if you've had a cancer scare, if see if your insurance will cover it. You know what? Yes, it's a heavy, heavy result to get back. But if you don't know, then how are you going to do anything? You know, right. how are you maybe going to try to take any preventative steps? Um, and when it comes to breast cancer, obviously there's, you can start getting early, you know, if you are positive for the, the gene, you can start getting insurance covered mammograms or maybe thermiograms. I'm not really familiar with thermiograms and insurance and how that goes. Um, but the biggest thing too, for me in regards to preventative that you can just do no matter what is just reduce stress, yeah. stress. So, so <laughs> cancer causing in general, so whatever you can do to reduce stress, um, and you know, be it meditation, be it yoga, whatever reduces stress for you as a human being, that's big. And sleep, good quality sleep. I feel like those are just big, big things in general. Um, and I feel like just your trying to reduce your toxin, your burden, you know, what you have, like be it maybe, and, and I, you don't have to go crazy. I know it can be really expensive trying to do those things, but like reducing some of the toxic things that you have in your home or products that you use, be it skincare or cleaning products, things like that. So 
I don't know, maybe I'm kind of going off track. So let me know if like, if no, and exercise and all of the things. Yes, so, so I, I love what those are like, those are, I feel like are the basic two right there. Like you gotta, you gotta exercise. You got to, you know, I actually love that you mentioned stress first because, um, we live in this very high paced society, obviously it's, it's the world we're in. And, uh, just as I tell my kids, like we were made for such a time as this, like, God knew I didn't want to go out and ride my horse somewhere. Like <laughs> I'm good riding my driving my car. But at the same rate, you know, we we live in this in this space. We have electronics, we have the jobs we have, we have the life we have, but you do need to eliminate stress as you can and to to mitigate the effects of stress that it has on you. Um and we forget about that because exercise is obvious. <laughs> Everybody knows that you should be exercising. Not everybody does. That's why I still have a job. <laughs> um, and everybody knows they should eat fruits and vegetables. There's a little confusion around nutrition, but you know what? That's all semantics. We all know fruits and vegetables are good for you. So <laughs> you should eat them. Um, drink water, all the things. Oh yeah. Um, sleep is kind of like, yeah, but nobody thinks so much in the forefront of stress. And my favorite part about right this second is that you said that first, because that's something that we teach in my cardiac clinic to cardiac patients is stress management. It's a huge portion of our program. Um, I say that my mom passed away of stress. She had all of these diagnoses to her name, all of them. And what did your mom die of? I'm like, she died of stress. Like the woman was never stress-free, you know, and you know, you can watch somebody's health and life just deteriorate from stress. And I am a high stress individual. Like it's, it's part of my personality. It's, it's kind of who I am. So I have to do a lot to, to mitigate that. And I love that you said stress first, because like you said, whatever it is, it's in, it's a toxic burden. Stress is a toxic burden of its own. And then if you're using on top of that and you know, everybody can kind of find what products are great for them, whether they want to bleach their hair and use a more natural home cleaner, that's, you know, those are kind of like you pick your poison, right? Yeah. Balance. It's all about balance. Yeah. And, and we're not saying, you're not saying like, don't have a drink or, you know, don't use your favorite lipstick if that's what's important to you, but take some things out that you can control. Correct. And yeah. that's going to reduce stress on your physical body, but then stress mentally, you mentioned kind of meditation and prayer and, you know, all of those things that, that can kind of help deep breathing. Those things are scientifically proven <laughs> like to reduce stress. So I love that you said stress first because, um, it's easy for anybody, especially somebody as, as much as an exerciser and advocate of that, that you are, um, that you said stress first. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like also you have to balance that too, even with like the type of exercise, because I found unfortunately the hard way that mm -hmm. he's working out, working out, but then that can also cause the adrenal failure. And that's so hard on our body as well. So I feel like there's just so much that really just comes down to balance, balance, balance. And it's you know? so individual. And, and, um, I wanted to, um, and, and so, and I remember asking you, like, cause I had my first, uh, mammogram in my twenties, I think, because my sister was so young with stage four, I got my first one. And then I never had another one actually until like a few weeks ago. Um, but they kept kind of telling me, get them, get them, get them. And I remember calling you or text, talk, texting, I don't know, however we communicate. There's <laughs> technology is great. Yeah. I love technology. Um, where I'm like, what do you think I should get? And you, you kind of mentioned all of them, but you're like, do, you know, talk to your doctor, but this is the things that are available. So see what's best for you. Always a good answer, but you were still like, definitely get it. 
you know, even though I'm, you know, I'm 42 now, but still at the same rate, no matter if I can do all the other things, get the dang mammogram. <laughs> You're like, just go. So I did. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of one of the things too. like, just go, like you said, find the information and, and do yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, free ones, there's places that offer free ones. So even if you don't have insurance and things that sort, like I said, there's, there's a lot of avenues. Like I was really shocked when I went through my journey in regards to like, I even was able to get my hormones medication when I got um, my eggs frozen. I was able to get that paid for because oh, wow. my, so like I said, there's a lot of resources. You just have to, it's, it takes work. It just does yeah. take work. There are some great resources to, to try to get those tests done. And so, so real quick, so if somebody um, is kind of going through the journey that you're going through, or maybe they're nervous of what might happen if they find out that they do have the gene and they maybe were suggested get a double mastectomy, which is scary in itself um, as, as a woman, and especially somebody that is, you know, and it's not, I don't think it's vain to have some level of vanity. We all want to look nice. Like, let's just, so we can be very transparent here. Like we all like to look good. Um, but, um, you know, you also had to go through medical menopause and, um, that's kind of a journey that you're going through right now. Right. So you're kind of trying to balance things out. So how's that? Um, and what, what was that like in the beginning, like maybe emotionally, but then even physically, like what have you had to go through for that? Um, and why, oof. you know, like why, why did they so, okay. So because of my BRCA1 gene, okay. extremely high for ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. And of course, and they said also with my aunt having it at such a young age and passing mm -hmm. 39, they were like, you need to have a full hysterectomy, like ovaries, the whole shebang by 40, by 40. Mm -hmm. And the reason um, I waited till 40 is because I knew I wanted to have kids. So I had a couple of kids, 40 rolled around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you yes. for the baby. Yes. I got eight <laughs> babies. So grateful. So grateful. Wanted to have another one. My husband put a gabosh on it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> 40, let's get this. Done. Um, but I knew, I mean, again, it was another thing. I was like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Is it the right time? Um, I knew it was going to throw me right into medical menopause. And I was terrified because I was like, is it going to turn me into a monster? Like, am I going to become this horrible different person? Because like, I always instantly think with hormones, it, it affects your mood, your personality, your sleep. Yeah. It affects everything. Stress. Um, yes. Stress, everything. Mm -hmm. Um. But I knew it was important because my mom mm -hmm. having it, my aunt having it at such a young age. So I was like, I, I just yeah. have to. So I did yeah. it and I'm struggling with it a little bit. Um, I'm navigating it, you know, between some weight gain, not sleeping, hot flashes. I can handle hot flashes during the day. No big deal. But when it comes to middle of the night, yeah. I'm like drenched. My sheets are drenched. Like, you know, it's, yeah. you know, sleep disruption again, goes back to stress, sleep. Yeah. I have young ones, little ones that also wake me up. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a little rough right now, but I'm navigating it. Um, part of me is like, should I take hormone replacement? Should I not? There's a lot of controversy on that. There's not a lot of solid data out there, especially mm. with those with a, a gene mutation, specifically I can speak on BRCA1. So as of right now, I'm not taking any, um, uh, hormone replacement. I actually you don't have to. <laughs> okay. You don't have to take hormone replacement when you do that. Like it's, you can simply just have surgery and then kind of go through like the menopause. And they just say medical menopause because you push your body into menopause. Basically that's what they call Correct. that. Yep. Um, you have to understand like myself and a lot of people that are listening will be completely like none of this stuff is in our vocabulary, you know? Yep. So, so you have been engulfed in it. Fortunately and unfortunately, um, 
And I always say pain to purpose because you get to share your story and be inspiring to other women, younger and older, even, um, that, you know, you can look at your life and kind of see your positive spin and, but you've had some struggles, you know, like you said, emotionally and all of that. Um, but you don't have to take hormones when you go through that. So you can just kind of go through it like a normal menopause kind of thing. Nope. Yep. You can just, you can so just you, So if you saw a doctor, um, and they obviously would know you're menopause, um, it would be like kind of the same, um, situation as somebody that's kind of, um, perimenopause, menopausal, um, they would be talking to you with the same conversation is kind of what you're saying. Like, as far as like with the hormone replacement, they honestly won't even, I'm not gonna lie. I had to meet with quite a few doctors when I was looking into even just trying to get my hormone levels tested before I had my hysterectomy, just cause I wanted to get a baseline. Uh-huh. I asked three different doctors. I couldn't get anyone to test my baseline. Even my, my midwife who she specializes in hormone replacement, like she doesn't even deliver babies. Like all she does is she specializes in menopause hormone replacement and she wouldn't even test me for baseline for my uh, testosterone estrogen and progesterone so that was frustrating another frustrating part but I was like again I knew I needed to have the surgery so I was like I'm just going to do it anyways but I had a baseline and that's kind of disappointing um so just always a reminder fight for your be an advocate for yourself find other doctors get second and third opinions that's another big thing about my my whole journey is I just don't just take one opinion and roll with it. Um, but I had to just, I have to just pray on this and weigh and weigh my, my thoughts and give myself peace of mind. And, and am I, once I maybe get to a point where I'm like, if I'm like out of control, cause again, it's been December will be a year of Mm -hmm. my, um, and maybe one day, maybe I will say, you know what, gosh, I really need some progesterone or maybe I really, but right now things are pretty good. Like I said, so I feel really grateful. I don't know if it's my working out, if it's my diet, if it's a combination of both, if it's because it's only been less than a year. Like I said, maybe we'll have this talk two years from now and I'll be like, I'm on progesterone and testosterone and the whole thing, you know, but I will say it's tough to find doctors that are really willing to, I feel like they'll kind of, if you, you have to come to them and be like, look, I'm having hot flashes and this, 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 and this, and you really push for them to give you those medications. Yeah. And then I have some doctors who are like, no, 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 because you're BRCA gene. So it's, Mm. it's like, they they think it's too risky for me to even be on hormones at all. So that's why another reason why I was like, let me just not do anything and kind of like. Until you have to kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would probably be the same. I mean, there's nothing similar about our journey, but you know, I, I, I believe, I believe that I'm having a lot of perimenopausal symptoms. I've talked to you about that a little bit, you know, where some, some months I'm like, I have really bad PMS and some months I like, I don't have any PMS, but then like when I start my cycle, it's just like crazy town physically. Um, you know, so I, I know as, as frustrating as it is, it's very interesting for me too, because I'm like, a geek on this kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh my progesterone was high this month, you know? And, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, I but, feel for you sister. Cause I, it's, it's horrible. I will tell you that's, it's rough. It's really rough. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's a little bit more conversation about it, but it's fun. Um, it's not, I guess I wouldn't say it's fun, but to me, it's kind of fun because I love this field and I love kind of, I've always loved talking about things that I think other people may be are kind of embarrassed to talk about, um, especially, you know, you are just 40 at a medical menopause. And there's a lot of people that are 
And you know, the perimenopause, which again, I think I am, and there's no diagnosis. There's no way for a doctor to diagnose you with that. That's why I think it's hard. And that's why you said it's so important to go to your doctor as an advocate for your health to say, I, this sucks, man. Like my, my belly fat is not going away like it used to, or I'm having hot flashes, or I feel like, you know, every, you know, once a week or once a month, I'm going to completely, you know, cut the heads off of people because I can't stand myself, you know, and that happens and it's very real. And sometimes, you know, I think as women, we try to keep it all together and, you know, we're moms and we're working moms and we, we have these kind of standards for ourselves, but also, uh, we don't really talk about those things when they're so common, <laughs> you know, um, of all this stuff, kind of what's going on. So, um, I, I think it's, it's just important to talk about in general. Um, because I mean, we're not crazy. I mean, maybe we oh. are crazy, but we're all crazy together. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness we have husbands that understand, but like when it comes, it rears its head, they can kind of understand like, we're women. This is hormone. And I'm like, Hey, we had two little girls. So get, get ready, buddy. Oh yeah. Get ready. Cause this is, this is life. And that's why I like, and that's another thing I think it just keeps me positive on it is I'm going to get through it no matter what with, without beds, even if I can't get rid of my middle of the night hot flashes, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be okay. Um, because millions and millions and millions of other women have went through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I wanted to talk about too, like, I am, I am not above taking things when I find out that that's going to help. And I think that's where you are as well. And, um, and again, like people know like that I have come from a very crunchy place in my life where it was just too stressful to live like that. And there's, there's a line there too, uh, where you can be so stressed out about stress that you stress yourself out. It's, it's kind of this weird space. You've probably been there. Um, or you're so stressed out because you don't want to eat a certain ingredient. You know, I had to get over that real fast when I had kids because I'm like, this is no way to live either. Um, but it's important for people to know, like you and I try our hardest. And but we also want to live our life with a little bit less stress. But we are not above taking things medically if we need to when we deem appropriate. Yeah. Um, because, again, we live in 2023 and I'm so grateful <laughs> that we are. Um, because those things are available to us. hundred percent. It's a balance. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Got to, got to try to navigate it and live our best lives for sure. And that might include, like you said, it might include a little bit of Western medicine. Totally good. A little bit. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And you can, you can do other things that help you sleep well at night to know that you've done your exercise, your stress management, all of those things. Um, and still use the things that, um, maybe you would have been against in a different part of your life. And now you're like, whoa hang on, I got a real big reason to live now. And, you know, to, to look at your family and say, what would I want them to do? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. No. So, um, I won't make this any too much longer. Is there anything else that you want to share with everybody? And I am so glad that you came on and we did this because it's never convenient. (laughs) I know. Thanks for being patient. Like we're doing this. We got to do it today. If we don't, I was like, I don't care if I'm having my makeup finished. It's okay. My husband's going to kick my butt because we're running late, but it's like, fine. fine. So, yeah, this, no, this is really important. Like I said, I just hope all women, just no matter what your struggle is, be it the menopause, be it a family member with cancer, be it yourself with cancer, like just find your tribe, find people that are going through it, that you can lean on. There are great groups out there. There's great support out there and just, you know, um, just take care of yourself and just know that at the end of the day, 
there's rough days and there's better days and um, just try to find the light, try to find the light and the positivity and, you know, the silver lining and, and no matter what gets thrown at you. And eliminate stress as <laughs> yeah. much as you can. I love that. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Andrea is not a lot on social media, um, but you can try to find her if you do. Good luck. <laughs> Um, but, you know what though? I think that has a lot to do with, um, part of the, the management of her stress level mm -hmm. as well. Um, because she has choose, she chooses to live her, her life in as much privacy as possible. And, and that's a huge respect. And that's, that's another story, but that's also why my, my kids aren't online a lot. Um, but at the same rate, if you guys have any questions or anything like that, you can comment below. If you guys are on YouTube here, you can message me. Everybody knows where to find me. Uh, and Andrea has agreed even before this was to jump on and help any questions, answer any questions, have this conversation again. Maybe we catch up, like you said, in a year or two years, whatever um, it is, or in two weeks or two months, if people have questions um, to talk about kind of where you are on your journey. So I so love you and I appreciate you coming on and helping. Love you too. Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. bye. bye.